This podcast is for general educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered medical, practice management, legal, investment, or other professional advice. No one should act or refrain from acting based on this podcast without obtaining appropriate professional advice. I think it's our responsibility to um, help others that uh, need it and that we feel uh, could use our mentorship. I think it's a responsibility because we, I know I personally got here on the shoulders of a lot of amazing women faculty before me, and I owe it to the women that are coming after me to do the same. This is Gastro Broadcast, presented by Gastrologics. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Matthew, and I can't wait to start the interview today. My guest is Dr. Nandini Thukani, a gastroenterologist with Kaiser Permanente in Portland, Oregon. She's very active in our GI societies and a tireless advocate for women in GI. And I'm having a little bit of a fangirl moment because she is the creator of Ladies of the Gut, a Facebook group for women uh, GI physicians. The group's really active, has more than a thousand members. It's truly been um, influential. Uh, So we'll talk with her today about her motivation for starting the group and her work to empower women in medicine. Dr. Takani, thank you and welcome to Gastro Broadcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. When did you decide to become a gastroenterologist? Well, in medical school, I was pretty set on the fact that I was going to become a cardiothoracic surgeon following in my father's footsteps. In pursuing that dream, I said, okay, well, let me talk to a woman in cardiothoracic surgery, see what the lifestyle is really like. It turns out it's very challenging, especially at that time, to actually find a woman in cardiothoracic surgery. And when I did, amazing woman, she said, it's great, one day you're gonna come out of the OR, you're gonna be 50 years old, look around, and all you have is the OR because all your friends, colleagues have gone on to have lives. This is not the profession if you want to really have other aspects of your life that are going to be important or, you know, and this is one person's perspective, but it did give me a lot to think about. Um, So I went back and thought about what do I enjoy? What to have I enjoyed in medical school? I really enjoyed medicine, but drawn to procedures. At that point, I realized I had to go into gastroenterology because they are the people you want to be next to at a party. Best stories, great personalities. You have to have an interest in medicine, be procedure, have uh, great skills with procedures, but also be able to understand that you're going to get the question, why did you go into gastroenterology? When you go into it, you know it's a fit. And I think you probably know it's kind of something that you can't explain. It just makes sense. So when I started investigating, it just made sense to me. So it's kind of a long-winded answer of how I got from cardiothoracic surgery to gastroenterology. I am the only non-cardiac doctor in my family, so everyone thinks I'm kind of crazy. But I bet you are the most fun at a party. (laughs) I think I'm pretty fun at a party. (laughs) (laughs) And um, initially, you were actually in private practice for several years before joining Kaiser Permanente. Tell us a little bit more about what you have enjoyed about um, both settings of practice. Yeah, so right out of fellowship, I joined a local multi-specialty practice. Great colleagues, great practice. For me, the most challenging part was I had 
I was pregnant with twins when I joined that practice. It was a six-person practice. I was the sixth person. It was very busy, and it was actually across state lines from where I'm at. It made me really uncomfortable um, having twins and not being nearby. Logistically, it just wasn't right fit for me at that time. The other piece of it that I learned once I got out of fellowship was the importance for me of being able to be very connected to my patients and their care. When I had the opportunity to join Permanente, I really liked it because all the care is under one roof. There's a lot of transparency and a lot of connection to the other specialists and primary care doctors. So for me, it was the right fit. Nice. It sounds like you enjoy working within a, a very interconnected system. Yeah. And you're right. Sometimes it can feel a little more siloed in the world of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's change gears a little bit. Um, you opened the AGA Women's Luncheon in 2019 with a powerful personal story of feeling isolated as a woman, a mother, a physician. That led you to create um, the Ladies of the Gut Facebook page. Can you tell us more about this origin story? Yes. So... And I do give credit to the larger Facebook group, um, Physician Moms Group, uh, which brought me to the realization that we gastroenterologists, hepatologists, GI pathologists need our own space. What it really was, was just trying to find people to connect with, to understand this, the very particular path that we have chosen. How do we bounce cases off of each other, things like that. In the Physician Moms Group, which is a great resource for a lot of other reasons, I would be posting very complicated IBD questions and getting input from well-meaning, but um, probably not the most helpful uh, doctors that aren't in GI um, and trying to understand biologics and other complex things. And I said, I just need to find my people. And um, I think really having a group of women dedicated to GI understand the struggles that we all go through. It just, we just needed a safe space. And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your personal story and what drove you to um, develop this? Yes. So when I uh, started practice, I was pregnant with twins. I was the first female gastroenterologist they had never had to deal with maternity leave before. So I kind of just set my own rules. I said, I'm taking three months. I'm not going to be checking my in-basket. I remember one of my partners said, well, you can check it at least once or twice a day when you, you're going to be home with the kids. I mean, what else are you going to do? Which was <laughs> really just, I couldn't even respond to that. Um, when I returned... I was really struggling, and I think we have all been kind of raised in medicine to try not to show our struggle, to just persevere. I was really struggling, just finding a place to pump, taking breaks in my endo schedule so I can pump and get home in time, and you know, all of these different things, and of course the guilt that comes with uh, being a working mom. I had a mentor there, great guy. I said. He checked in on me from time to time, really didn't know what to ask, but he said, hey, how is everything going? I said, you know, I'm really struggling. This is really hard. I don't know how to kind of balance all of this. And he said, well, just keep going. (laughs) 
Yeah, so it wasn't really that helpful. And then I really just had just kind of this internal conflict. What do I do? How do I how do I find people that are going to understand this? And that's when I started reaching out into that PMG, getting that the physician mom's group, getting more of an understanding that I'm not the only person that goes through this. And then trying to find people that understand gastroenterologists. We scope a lot. We're on our feet a lot. We are very, very busy. And to understand being a new mom, uh, the only woman doing gastroenterology, that's kind of what led me to really just trying to reach out to other GI docs that are female. And I'm very lucky in that I was trained with a lot of female GI docs. I still have very close friends. My best friends are GI docs in the area. So I always had people to lean on. But we always we all went through the same thing and had kind of the same answers to all the questions. So really understanding the perspectives to other people because we do, we just live in silos. And if we don't try and make those connections, they're just never gonna happen and we just feel more isolated. Yeah, I mean, I think you speak a lot to the role of mentorship and the role of um, understanding how those who have gone before us have solved the same problems that we face with trying to balance um, a number of aspects of our lives. And uh, Ladies of the Gut has provided a little bit of a smoother way of communicating and seeking mentorship when maybe it isn't as readily available. Exactly. I mean, I think a lot of what I've gone through I see other people, you know, starting that journey and being able to provide that support. And, you know, one thing I, I, I spoke at a conference a little while ago, and it was about how to be a woman in leadership. And the thing that I keep going back to is just knowing your worth. We aren't told that. We aren't told that ever, really, in medical training, in fellowship, in residency. We need to know our worth as women. And I think that Ladies of the Get provides that, that reminder that, you know, you don't have to take anything other than what you are worth. So that's kind of what the awakening I had in my my first situation, my first job. I said, you know, I need to know that if I'm struggling, that's a worthy thing to be concerned about. And I need to make a change that's right for me. We're physicians, but humans too. <laughs> exactly. We forget that a lot. Yeah. And tell me a little bit, um, are there any uh, experiences that you've had in moderating this group that have really jumped out to you as some of those pivotal moments that you've been able to provide for others? Yes. Yeah, so there are a lot of different types of questions that come up on the board, Um I get a lot of them anonymously and people just seeking out my opinion and my advice. I think a lot of them have to do with being new grad, new mother, um, taking on more because of guilt. I think that, I can't think of any one particular, but those are the ones that stay with me. I can think of several um conversations on Facebook that I've had with some women that really, I think we are just honed to feel guilty about thinking of ourselves. Um, one 
I mean, in particular, if I had to think of one, uh, there was a woman who was really struggling with um, keeping up endoscopy after uh, having a child, nursing and things like that, and not being provided time to um, nurse, to be off one's feet, to hydrate, just the biological functions of being a woman, being a new mother, not being provided those things. And I encourage her to post this on the bigger group anonymously. And we all provided kind of crowdsourced resources to help her advocate for herself. Um, And I think she felt then more comfortable that she had hands on her back, people that are helping her. I mean, those are the really the pivotal ones where I feel like we are catching people before they reach that crisis point, you know? And I think that to me, um, those are the ones that, that kind of touch me and make me realize this is, you know, this is just a kind of a, an idea of mine and that it's really a, an important thing for people. So those are kind of the ones that remind me. And I think I would get probably one or two of those emails minimum a week of people just wanting some advice, guidance and support. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that and can't thank you enough for what you're doing for our community. Um, I think it's tremendously important and impactful. Um, I know it can also sometimes be used as a, a clearinghouse or a platform to um, trade clinical issues or troubleshoot, um, you know, tricky patients. And I have also found that very helpful. Um, it's, it's a Facebook group that has become quite active and I think has touched many, many gastroenterologists' lives. So thank you for what you're doing. No, I love it. It's great. I mean, I've met so many people and developed so many great relationships. Um, my favorite posts are the ones in the moment. I'm about to go in and do this case. What do you guys think I should do? Have you used this tool? Should I use it? What do you think? And then the number of responses that come, because we have members all over the world in different time zones. So the number of responses that come quickly to help a doc through that case, it's so great. Yeah, the foreign body ingestions are always uh, <laughs> pretty uh, pretty high yield. <laughs> um, well, representation of women in GI is very important, and you've been a tireless advocate here. Uh, what advice do you have for women who are considering a career in medicine and specifically in GI? I think seek out those that have gone before you. Seek out somebody. I mean, that's how I realized that cardiothoracic surgery wasn't where I belonged seek out anybody. You know, I just had a conversation with a college student that was interested in medicine. And we had a long conversation about the reality of what is medicine going in with your eyes wide open. What is medicine now versus what it was when I joined medicine, when I started med school almost 20 years ago. I think helping kind of sharing our experiences with those that are interested in pursuing our same path is the most important. You can read about this, you can shadow, but I think just sitting down and talking to somebody about what is it, what has it been like, what can I expect? Those are, I think, the biggest, uh, the best ways to to uh, learn how to get into our field and also be more successful. And what do you think private practices can do uh, to help support uh, recruitment and retention of women? I think 
if it's feasible, I think having um, fellows rotate through, I know that's not always feasible, but I think having fellows be present in a practice kind of helps them figure out if this is the right practice. Outreach to medical students and fellows um, doing talks at a medical school, things like that, being an approachable person, I think that is really important. I know my friends that have gone into private practice, they still will, will uh, staff fellows clinic where we did our fellowship at OHSU. And I think that is a really great way to remain connected and let the fellows know that, hey, I'm approachable, ask me questions, um, and also let you know if this might, person might be a good fit for your practice. But I think just staying connected to your fellowship, either as an alum or as an active faculty in some capacity, volunteer faculty is a great idea. Sounds like you would advocate for both seeking mentorship and providing mentorship and it really is a continuum. I think it's our responsibility to um, help others that uh, need it and that we feel uh, could use our mentorship. I think it's a responsibility because we, I know I personally got here on the shoulders of a lot of amazing women faculty before me and I owe it to the women that are coming after me to do the same. I couldn't agree more. And how can women GI physicians join Ladies of the Gut? So um, right now it is only a Facebook platform, which I'm not sure how to change that because it's so accessible. But um, the best way is to find me and message me, giving me your credentials, um, MD or DO or equivalent degree, um, PEDS or GI, PEDS adult, PEDS adults. GI or hepatology, just letting me know where, who you are, where you did your training, where you're working, and then I will just easily add you. If you have a friend that's in the group, please ask them to send me a message with all your info, and I would, it's, I will easily add you. But I welcome all women and female identifying uh, peds, adults, GI, hepatology, and GI path docs to come join us. It's a wonderful forum. It's a very vibrant community you've created. Thank you. Um, and for medical students or other women who aren't yet in GI, uh, do you have any advice or where would you point them for um, options for support? I think, again, seeking those out, the fellows out, the attendings out that you feel comfortable with. I know I did that as a medical student as well. Um, I think uh, talking to doctors in all different fields, reaching out to women in all different fields, because you might not know what is right for you. And you want to, I think, explore. Do not yet, uh, you know, I was a cardiothoracic surgeon, I thought. Make sure you explore and talk to as many people as possible. People will take the time if you show the interest. I think that. I think we don't do enough talking. We don't do enough talking in person, coronavirus aside. There's a lot of texting and emails and things like that. But sitting down with somebody, having a conversation, I think really is meaningful and starts a great relationship to build off of. So I think that would be my advice is don't be shy. If somebody's, if you're interested in having a conversation with somebody, if you want to see how they got to where they are, just reach out. Nandini, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Gastro Broadcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Gastro Broadcast. Find new episodes through Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. For information about our hosts, guests, and supporters, visit gastrobroadcast.com. Produced by Steadfast Collaborative.